welcome back to the Animal Friendly Podcast. In this episode, I visited a wonderful animal sanctuary located in South County Limerick, Limerick Animal Welfare. I spent a Sunday afternoon in the company of Geraldine Gunning, who gave me a hands-on tour while we chatted about everything and anything. I hope you'll be able to hear us over the sometimes raucous sounds of excited dogs and kittens. Limerick Animal Welfare officially formed in 1998, so they'll be 25 next year, although their origins go back further than that. Geraldine described the evolution of the sanctuary, from working out of a rickety port cabin to the magnificent array of buildings that they have today. We started off with this building. We built that building in, and we opened it in 2007. And we had the port cabin there and we used to sleep in that and eat and there wasn't even a lean through there for a bit of shelter. So we started off there and sure the dogs kept coming and all the animals. So we walked away anyway for a few years and then we decided, well, we need more. That was phase one, we called it. It all started from our chairperson, our Mary Fitzgibbon, who's okay. just a wonderful lady. And so she instigated all of this. Her dream was when I joined Limerick Animal Welfare, we're all volunteers, all the committee are volunteers. There's a skeleton staff here that's paid, very badly paid, and very well dedicated to it. Yeah. You have to be an animal lover. You'd have to, to be, be dedicated, I think. So we're all, I'm vice chairperson, then we have Marion, and then we have a secretary, a uh, treasurer, and then a few other directors. We're all volunteers. So we said, OK, this is going to be phase two. So we planned this with no money, of course. So we went to the banks. At this stage, we'd opened charity shop. Uh, spent two years agonising, we'll be opened or won't we? We have to pay the rent. Now we've three shops. We've two in Parnell Street, which is uh, drapery and hardware next door, you know, furniture and bric-a-brac and things like that. And then we opened another drapery one in Willem Street. So obviously getting support well, through yeah. the shops. Memory people yeah. are great, yeah. And people love thrift shops, you know, charity shops. They love them. They love rooting through them and buying things they don't want half the time. Yeah. So anyway, we went to the bank and because we had a steady income from the shops, they would give us a loan. There's no point in going yes. to loan and say, well, we have church gate collections know, and we have yeah. bucket collections and a raffle. Yeah, <laughs> so because we had an income from the shops, great. it said, yes, they'd go with us. So we borrowed 620000 You must have been had a few sleepless nights over that night. we yeah. still have we have since the pandemic now like people are extremely good and generous to us but the monthly cost is not going to which cost us at least 80,000 a month yeah. between everything the covid pandemic was very hard on them as it was on all charities but especially for a charity that relies so heavily on public participation and visits Oh, that's what I was coming to about the volunteers. So we were close to the public and everything during that, of course. Then we started gradually opening. So what we're doing at the moment is by appointment only. So we make so so many appointments each day. So there's some families around at the moment. And you can make an appointment to come and walk the dogs or come if you're looking to adopt an animal. We used to be open five days, six days a week, 12 to 3 to the public were just open every day and it was wonderful. Everybody would come and, and just do whatever come. they wanted. Yeah, yes. Even if you weren't, even to sit there and have a picnic is yes. because it's such a yes, wonderful indeed. atmosphere. Yes, yeah. But you see, you have to think of the health and safety yeah, side of it as exactly. well. But we like the public to come. We like the place to be open. Not these locked gates and, oh, you yeah. can't get in, we'll bring the dog out to you, you know, and, you know... Hi, Michelle. Hello. Hi, darling. <laughs> this one is a darling, Monica. Oh, she and her daughter is the same age. Her daughter. 
This is a greyhound and they're so easy to walk. They just stroll along beside you. I just love them as well. She's after strolling up and down the road now with me. She's happy out. Happy out. So she is. Yeah. But yeah, the visitors, we'd love to have it opened again. But as I was saying, we're an open book. You know, yeah. and we like people to come, of course, and see what we do. And you happening. can go in and see them in the kennels and walk them if you wish, and all that. So that we love that idea of it. But the pandemic kind of put a, a stop to all that. Then we had still had volunteers. We said any volunteers that were willing to still come. We have some regular volunteers that come all know. the time. And five or six of them said, "Yeah, I'll continue coming." Only so many went in the kennels and they handed out the dogs to them, so that we wouldn't be all in a small area and went off and walked the dogs which was quite comfortable and come back then and leave that's the way we walked during the pandemic we had to keep going yes and this is a wonderful volunteer Jackie she was here at 9 o'clock this morning she walks all day and it's great they get out for their walk it's so important important. they get out and sniff now we have paddocks of course they go out it's not the same as a walk I know but to go for a walk and I mean as you say there's such a beautiful walk down along the road and you can walk way up the road and go up into the mountains and this forest it's a beautiful place it's absolutely beautiful I mean as I said I wish you were on my doorstep except I, I would never work I would never uh, do anything I would just come here all the time <laughs> it's gorgeous yes yeah a lot of people come for health reasons and they take a dog and go off for a very long Fantastic. walk yeah very good for your your um, health and your your it's mind like and, yeah. yes. Limerick Animal Welfare has separate areas for the dogs and the cats and each of these areas are divided further to include isolation areas these are for newly arrived animals which are potentially carrying diseases or are injured. Geraldine took us into the kennels to return Monica the Greyhound and meet some others. Okay, we'll go down to rehoming because I'm taking back Monica anyway. And uh, we'll have a look in there. Do you spend a lot of time walking the dogs now? Um, Not as much. I'd be kind of doing other things. Um, I'm I'm here. We came. uh, Mary, there is another director, and we came last night, and we stayed in the apartment, and we do that. We try to do it once a week, but doesn't always work. I run one of the shops as well. Both of us volunteer in the shops. It's our life because we're both retired. So it's great, and thank God we can do it full time. Yeah, it's wonderful. Absolutely. Oh, you do. And the joy of seeing them going after their new home. So then we would come and we'd do paperwork and different things. We go out and we might have meetings, things like that. But when I, I kind of never fear but to walk a greyhound. I love, oh, I love a stroll with a greyhound. Uh, now he was in paddock five. We'll see if he still can go there. We'll take a walk around here, Samantha. This is their, uh, there's little lurcher puppies. We've lots of lurchers, of course. And do you see this fella now? Now, Monica, you can't go because you weren't with him. This fella is Patch or Zach. He was found in the right state. And he's an absolute gent. But I love the ugly dogs. <laughs> I love the dogs that nobody else wants. And look at him. And he's a boy. And he's all marks in his face. Yeah. Someone rescued him and brought him out. Yeah. So he's going to go to Sweden. I think he's booked for Sweden. We do send dogs to Sweden. And we send dogs to Italy. Pet Leverieri is the name of the charity in, in, in Italy. And we have a great... Uh, rapport with them and they're, they're specialising greyhounds they take the galgos from Spain which are very badly treated as well uh, they go hunting with them and they give them an awful time so they, they rescue them and they rescue the greyhounds from Ireland uh, because nobody here is very few people yeah. here are interested in, in adopting greyhounds yeah. yeah it's such a pity we tried to promote them but 
you know, we we home so many now. We do home so many, but um, not as many as we'd like to. So thank God we have Pet Leverary that they go to. And they come and visit us and they stay here overnight for a night or two and they see all the dogs and see our operation and all that. Now we'll, we'll walk in are and amazing. Yeah, yeah. So you can leave dogs out and let them run around. Yeah, and they will run around some. Sometimes yeah. they just sit down, but sometimes they, they race up and down there as you can see happening. now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a joy to see them racing around. It's great. Now, Monica, we'll oh, go wow. in. So now these are the kennels. Uh, I think this oh, area for the, where they sleep and then the best area out there where they can go in and out to, you know. They're huge. These and they have the outdoor access bigger. as well. They, they have, air yeah. Coming in. They have, yeah. That's another wonderful thing about the greyhounds and nurtures. They're easy. They just lay out. Sleep. Whereas when we get up to the smaller ones now, they're just... There's two more. Always try to have two dogs yeah. together so they come. Now you might have one when they come in the first side or something. We find someone suits them to uh, pair them up with. Where's Monica? Monica, please. This is Lisa, our assistant manager. Assistant manager, okay. Assistant every time everywhere I look, I see you, so I'm like, I'm everywhere. She's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> How many of her do you have? Yeah. Then we write up here, we give them all names first what thing when they come in. Work? Yes. Then we write up what they're eating. What this means now is Tyson gets one and a half cups of four, which is there's different numbers on the thing. Okay, uh, and you've got some wet or. Uh, yes. And by tree feeds yeah. and no wet. Soaked, I was going to say, do you this. get attached to them? But I suppose you're happy oh, when they're adopted out here. It's, it's, it's bittersweet. Yeah. But yeah. sure, we have to let them go, and it's wonderful to see them going to new homes. Be uh, yeah, another one waiting so. to take their place. Yeah. We've waiting yeah. list all the time. Oh, the place is so clean and tidy, uh, and obviously people are really try to, keeping yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and it's ideal to have that there because you can sit there with the dogs, and when visitors come, they can sit there as well. How are you? Uh, another volunteer comes every at least one or two days a week. That girl walking down in the car, and another couple. They come every weekend to walk as well, so they're just marvelous. Out behind the kennels. I'd caught a glimpse of some larger animals, so Geraldine took me for a walk around to see the horses and goats in the farm area, which again grew from very simple beginnings. It's great. So a lot of work had to be done, of course. This was just all fields. We started off and we built that house. Of course, you learn as you go on, as I keep saying, there's more of the walks with it. Now, we got a grant from Ballyhowra Enterprise uh, Centre to do them walks but we had to come up with half the price and they gave us the rest and like that this is little cold that would have been up at the time a white mare that we rescued she was in the right state she had a bad very bad eye injury and she lost the eye and she came in and she was here for i'd say a couple of months and the next thing i realized she was pregnant and she produced colt up there tiny now he might be up by colt come on down I mean, I didn't even see him there. Yeah. He's the tiny now. He might be up when we're walking down. And uh, all the horses that here are, are rescue cases. They all had terrible problems. 
came in in the right state. Then these are our hens. Our hens are rescued as well because they come, they're battery hens, and they come from Little Hen Rescue, oh, if yes, you ever I heard of it. Yeah. 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 They rescue them from the, the, the battery farm when they're such an age. The, and they are mad looking for homes, of course. And they, they just people just give a donation five euros I think this or something to hear and they're lovely I love they're lovely to have around yeah lovely to have around this is where the rabbits are the rabbit house now this wasn't all built in overnight I know it all went up very gradually this much we built first then we got some more money we put on more stables the stables over are long up and we've just built the hay barn and everything it's is needed. It's magnificent, it yeah. really is. It is, we're very proud it, of this. Oh, you should say. be. And look at these two little I darlings. I'm not a fair with the, oh, yeah. the names of the horses. Hello, oh, darling. You need a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Can you see where you're going? And then these are all our fields, and you can walk all the way around. It's beautiful. I often look around and say, have we really done this? Have you done it? It's just determination oh, yeah. and begging for money, Same keeping at it, yeah. Now, yeah. sometimes we worry because we've such a big undertaking. You'd worry, you know, are we going to keep sustaining it? Are we going to keep getting the funds? Covid is an awful effect on everyone yeah. and every, you know, all charities are suffering. We couldn't do any kinds of collections, no, nothing, no. everything was stopped. So it's, it's a worry to pick up again. Now, oh, look at the goats. Now, the goats, oh, the goats are next. Oh, yeah, they're, they're in the there. They'll be in different places, the goats. They move around. Oh, yeah. It's they're very funny goats. I love goats. Three funny little creatures. There's a white one. He'd come down to you, would stand, oh, and they'd come down to you now, and you'd go to Robin, and he'd give you a header as quick as lightning. Yeah, he's very funny. <laughs> so we've only four at the moment. It's not a place for goats. Goats yeah. need to be on hilly land and rough ground. <laughs> it's not suitable from here. We shouldn't have goats here but a few are okay they survive we sent four or was it five to Spike Island and they're living down there now and it's ideal three of us went down to look at Spike Island before we rehomed them down there and oh it was ideal for them because it's rough and whatnot and real safe so they're living living down there now so we're delighted with that Oh my goodness, I would encourage everybody to come here. Well, you see, it's to take the initial step. There's a lot of rescues in Ireland. And like if some of them said, how do you do it? You just have to start some more, keep going. Now, we got big very quick. I don't know, we just expanded very quickly and we'd got a lot of animals in. And it's very hard to say no. You know, and that's what we're about. And when, when you see an animal in... Now, yeah. we make sure not to overstock either. Yeah. That can make it worse because some people are inclined to hoard animals and they think they're doing great, but you have to think of the comfort of the animal. Yeah. There's no point in having too many animals here and they're not happy and we're not having time or can't get yes. them to walk them and to medicate them and do everything. You have to be realistic and take what you're able to cope with, you know, and that the animal is happy and comfortable. Now... And we're high up here. Now, you can get very bad weather. We would have snow here. Kilfinnan is the highest village in Ireland, we've been told, yeah. And you would have snow here and you'd have none in Limerick or in other parts of the country. Yeah, and it can be very cold. And then your water is freezing. And, and Yes, yeah. Now, we have, we have underfloor heating in the new building, okay. which is a real luxury. Especially the greyhounds and lurchers when they come in. They don't even get up on the bed. They lie on the floor. 
because they've never been, they've never seen a bed or any comfort and uh, any stray dogs and they just lie on the floor out flat and they go to sleep to look in at them a half an hour later which is do your heart good because they're probably after running for a day and a night or something and they land on this lovely warm floor then it's just great it's, it's a great success the, the underfloor heating we're so pleased with it um, because we're saying if we're going to do it we'll do it right yep. and have, have, have them comfortable you know now we can go through isolation I'm going around I never took away the, I left the lead we headed indoors again this time going through more indoor kennels and then on towards the cat area I noticed that there were dispensers on the walls providing earplugs which I thought was a great idea especially when all the dogs are talking at once and you might want to prepare yourself because in about five minutes you're going to hear a lot of kittens. This is the feeding, much the same setup as below. Yeah. This is Anne Marie, she's a dinger. And this is all again the same thing, you know, their names down, what they eat, medications. You have the med sport here now because right. they're not fully oh, done yes, and when they're yeah. fully fully healthy then they go down below. So that's the meds chart and this is all what happens to them. It's absolutely impeccable, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you know. You hear yourself sometimes. She'd be boiling rice and chickens and everything <laughs> for the finicky ones. Yeah. Elsa's gone tomorrow, actually. Oh, she? She is. Oh, the lady rang earlier on and she said she's supposed to come on Tuesday. Could she come tomorrow? Oh, okay. So I told Elsa she's only one more sleep. Did <laughs> she eat so anything? No. She did. Ah, did she, she could? Oh, so. that's. Ah, eat it out your way. <laughs> Okay, Samantha, this is the laundry. Oh, very important room. For isolation, yeah. Everything, the washing machine and dryer going on with us. We have to wash everything, of course. But this saves diseases getting in. Yeah, that's it. You have to be so careful. Yes. Look at that. So, obviously, towels and blankets are something you like to be donated. Yeah, we do indeed. Yeah. First thing in the morning, like yeah. we head with all the yeah. buckets in and out to everything. So that's why we don't make any appointments until 12 because we do all the cleaning, cleaning first in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And then we have a cup of tea and then we're ready for the couple. <laughs> yeah. And here next, then we have a grooming room, oh, cool. which again is not a luxury. Oh, look. We need a yeah. lot of them come in with skin problems. Zach, now who I showed you down in Rehome, and he has to get a medicated uh, ba- uh, shower. They come in with all different ailments, which they need to be medicated, bats and things like that they have. And then we groom them, of course, they um, need it. So that's that. I did grooming as a, a hobby. Okay. I used to work with DSB. When I finished, I said, I'd love to be able to groom it out. So I did you it learned. as a hobby. Yes. So I brought out, you know, some of my stuff. So let's donate other things. We never have enough storage. In all the rooms we have, we never have enough storage. The, the, the public are wonderful. This is all the stuff that the public bring to us. They're absolutely wonderful. This is, we're hoping for to be a vet clinic. Someday down the road we'll get to have it. So there was three rooms and so we started, I'd say two years ago we started, okay we'll try and get this vet clinic going because our highest bill is vet bills. Yeah. They're killing us, the vet bills. They're absolutely yeah. killing us. Yeah. And we said if we had our own vet clinic it might be cheaper and the other thing it would save the stress of the dogs traveling yeah. going and coming going into crates and been tra- and traveling so we're working on it at the moment it's a lot of work and it's a lot of money but we're hoping the long run it would pay us to do it now we're entering the cat area oh and we have a canteen which is a luxury for us 
We used to be sitting below, as I said. We tried to have a cup of tea, but not even not even a shade from the rain. Then we used to be in the port of cabin and to be freezing in the winter and roasting in the summer. But you see, you'd have to stay because we'd be feeding babies, especially baby foals coming. They have to be fed during the night. We'd have very bad dogs. Max is one of them, a German shepherd we got. Max, happy every other. He's his own Facebook now with his new people. He was terrible when he came in. So he had to be fed every three to four hours. So we'd stay. But we've an apartment now, which I didn't show you. A two-bedroom apartment that we use for that. And, you know, hopefully down the road we might get trainee vets or, I don't know, anyone that'll help us. And we'll give them bed for the night if they help us. (laughs) This is food storage storage for the cats. Some we buy, but a lot is donated. The food is donated. We end up buying some, but a lot is donated, I must say. Which is great. Brilliant. Very good. And this is the laundrette then for the. Oh, for the cat. This is there. It's wonderful laundry. the way it's separated and yes. hygiene. Yes, again. yeah. It's all about cleanliness, which is so important. Mm. And disinfecting and all that is so important. Now, this is our way oh, to the cat. Gosh. This is sterilising room. These are all the cat litter trays, things like that. Oh. This is the... Um, it's a different sound to the dog face. Yes, Lovely. look at the little yeah, Hi. This is the ICU. The tiny little kittens come in that have to be bottle fed. Now, some of the girls have kittens, baby kittens at home feeding them. Right. The girls here take them home at night time as well. Let me see if there's more down here. There's sleep. Hello. Yes. Oh, they're tiny. How old are these? How old are these? They're less they're, they're like only a week old, weeks, they are, wow. weeks. Like we got three. Um, and actually, what did we get in yesterday? The kittens, three. One week, one week old. Is that one? One less than a week old, and two about four weeks old. Okay. Uh, Susan says they're they're starting to have wet food at the moment, so they're all swimming in the wet food. As you can see, it's yeah, really dirty, so. They're about to get a shower now and the great weekend and wash them regularly. Because like the little puppies I show you over in the office, you can see yeah, they the leaves and they walk into it and then they poke on top of each other. Swimming. So they go swimming. Yeah. And <laughs> Winnie can us how many at home? Winnie has six uh, six at home at the moment or less than a week old. Our manager for the cafeteria has yeah. then this is food preparation here and the same idea again. This is a room for oh. what we have. You will see cats free out around the area. Yes. They are feral cats, which means wild cats. Right. And you can't bring a wild cat into a cattery situation mm. because they'd lose their life. Yeah. So what we do is we trap, neuter and release, which oh, means... Yes. And we can release so many around here, but we can't release every cat we come across yeah. because they go into groups and they have groups and they won't allow and another cat in. So you have to be very careful how many you release. Mm-hmm. But they are the lucky ones. They can live around the sanctuary for the rest of their lives. So some of them come in, some of them get quite tame from being around. And some of them come in and they lie around there and play and eat. They see some as we go around. We think we got the units right for cats. You know, we set a window... Mm-hmm. and comfort and little things to play on you know yeah. they go up different steps to get up on the shelf that they can sit on as we all know cats like height as dogs do too they like to sit as a height and then they're all the same and they're all full and busy they're mostly oh, sleep now because they're after breakfast you see they are yeah, so yeah, yeah. 
It's so wonderful. They have company and there. Isn't it? And again, like the dogs, we try to, if one comes on its own, we try to get it company. A friend. Because like humans, animals love company. They like to have someone with them, you know. They're happy when they're in pairs. Look at this bunch. Yeah, we've just hit the sleep time. All right. That's for the And you can see the summer What's going on? You were away two hours ago when mm. I was over the same too. We're looking beautiful. out. Yeah. Here comes number four. And they've no, there's no law for cats. They have an awful life. There's no protection there for cats. It's so cruel. And you know, there's so many ferns around the country. And every year we get oh, hundreds in and we... Trap, neuter, and release. We do as much as we can afford, and what we have the, cl- the personnel to do. And like Limerick feral cats are operating as well. And every year it's a pandemic. Well, it's yeah, just it's a drop in the again. ocean yeah. every year. And even it's a stray. You know, if everyone picked up one stray that they're feeding and neuter it, you know, to, to see it's safe. Multiplying and multiplying all And can the volunteers come in then and play with the cats, or is there yes, you can yeah. just come and if you're we a cat person? Yes, once we have cats and kittens suitable, we let people in to them or we bring them out. Hi, Pascal. So, if somebody wants to come and walk dogs and do yeah. kind of work. What do you do with them to prepare? Like, to, you obviously don't just give a dog somebody and go no, off you go. No, they, 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 say, they sign in, and know. it depends on who they are or who they have kids with them or if they're on their own. We would say to them, what are you most comfortable with, mm-hmm. a big dog or a small dog? or you know? And we, they, they know the temperament of the dogs because they're working with them every day right. down in Rehome. Oh, so yes. they would match them, yeah. Yeah. And then you can go out around. And, and then you can go out there. You can go out around and do the walk across the the road around the fields over there. Go over afterwards and Fantastic. have a look at it. We yeah. can get two dogs. Now here we are. This is what we call the education room. In the good days before the pandemic, one of our directors was an ex-teacher. And she used to do train, you know, groups uh-huh. come from schools. She goes to schools as well, and groups come from schools, maybe scouts come people like that and she would do a presentation here and they still love it but it's all stopped to the pandemic but hopefully we'll get yeah. going again we use it now for the overflow when we're meeting people or rehoming yes. dogs now this is reception there and this is Marie you met and this is baby puppies More they're puppies. up on the page now a good bit they're three baby puppies Hello. and okay we'll keep going Grand. we're almost there almost now. there uh, down along here, then we walked up that. So that's the hallway. So this is the first stage room, which is locked. There's no need to go in. There's another office in there, and there's two little puppies in there as well, for good measure. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere you can put an animal? Yes, in. yeah, any door you look here. And this is the apartment, and these are oh, our yes. dogs. Okay, Gypsy, good girl. Hello, darlings. Hello, darlings. Now. We have people coming from Italy. I was explaining to you our greyhounds go to Italy and they come and stay sometimes here and they're delighted with it as well. Yeah. The Swedish people so come, good. they're quite welcome to stay if they want to as well. And this is just this room, the kitchen, kitchen. But it's great because I'm sure you end up talking into the night about the things you're going to do. Of course, and ideas, and it's lovely to meet the people that's taken our dogs as well, you know. And if there was four of them here now, 
a couple of weeks ago, I think it was maybe a month, and all four of them had greyhounds that came from here, and they'd shown us photographs from them, and we'd remember them from being here. They'd be telling us, oh, she's very bold, and that one is that wild, and telling stories about it. It's just lovely, lovely to hear. Wonderful to know so, where they've gone and that you're ah uh, yeah, yeah to see him in their I love homes. when people put on your Facebook you know one he's one year old he's I two know years old, and, you, and you see some lovely updates don't you that's yeah. what makes it all worthwhile yeah. Samantha to yeah. be here it sure does Geraldine and Mary stopped to grab some lunch so forgive the sounds of making sandwiches and eating there's no time to spare when you're volunteering at a busy animal sanctuary we got talking about greyhound racing. And it's safe to say Geraldine is not a fan of this industry, which is heavily subsidised by taxpayer money. They're just propping up the greyhound industry. I didn't realise, you know, the dog being bred and then killed at two years old if they're not What happens good is enough. they have a bitch, the bitches. They always have a minimum of eight pups. That's just greyhounds. Yeah. Any greyhound we've ever got in here pregnant or lurchers, they all have 10, 11, they could have 12, 13 pups. So when they're taken from the mother, then they call them... After, after the puppies weaning them with their mother, there's the greyhound pups. They, they'll be eight weeks, because they're supposed to be with their mother for eight weeks. We don't know how quick they take them, or we hope they're with her for eight weeks. And then they're put in pens, and they're called saplings. And they will be culled if they do not show promise for racing. So you're breeding mm. dogs to kill them. They're breeding the dogs to kill yeah. them. Because if you look at it, they breed too many. You can't raise all the dogs yeah. that are breeding. So there's a whole big pull going on all the time. Then they start with them, and they, they, they do uh, trials with them to see if they're good racers or if, they're, if there's potential in them. And if there isn't, they're culled as well. Now they will try, they will get on to rescues and they'll try to rehome them. You will have some good breeders, I don't know any, but the probably is decent breeders and they will and get on to rescues and try to get them. I mean they say they love their dog. They only love their dogs while they're making money. Mm. Yeah. They say, oh we give them this wonderful diet and everything. They do to make them fast and to make them money. But like the attendants are way down and that is true. They're not sustainable without the, yeah. the huge grant from the government. And young people are not going as They're much. They're not. Well, no. I hope not. Hope not anyway. young people, yeah, but yeah. you see, a lot of these young people are brought up with that. That's their life. Yeah. And the kids are brought up with that. So they see no harm in that because this is what my dad did on his yeah. life. Yeah. You know, if you come from a farm, if you come from whatever profession, that's natural to you. To you. Yeah. So they will probably continue doing it. And you see, even though the attendances are down, you still have the bookie shops. And a lot of people, you see, don't realise. I mean... When I was young, I probably would have seen greyhound raise. You never would have done to me, probably. Me either. So, yeah, oh, Doctor Run. You don't see the in the behind yeah. the scenes, and they're such it, sensitive yeah. creatures. That is why they're they, they're treated the way they are. They remind me of the donkeys. Right. They are so gentle. They're so you know, docile. if they're little terriers, yeah. they'd bite them. Whereas a greyhound <laughs> wouldn't dream of biting you. That's you know really I mean, a greyhound would really want to be pushed out to bite someone. Yeah. They're such gentle creatures, and yeah. like they're not even classed as dogs. The greyhounds are classed as farm animals, livestock. So Therefore, you can't take a greyhound on holidays with you and, and on a flight or anything. Yeah. It's classed as it's a farm animal. Farm yeah, we see mm. the state they're coming in. Every one of them comes in, 99% of them comes in with old injuries that were never fixed. The suffering they've gone through, mm. their skin is all scaled and, and dry, pure dry from bad diet or from bad conditions. Nearly all of them have um, 
uh, from lying in concrete, yeah. not so much blisters, but sores and beer, bombs and right. keys and things like that from lying in concrete. There's no need for it all. There's no need for that cruelty in the in the name of sport. That's not yeah. sport. Yeah, it's not. You know, no, it's not sport watching someone mm. killing itself running. That really struck me when I read it on your website. The ones that don't make it, they mm. don't even make it to the track. Mm. That are just mm. the greyhound died out that day. Imagine doing that to the, the likes of the little greyhound on the cat out. I know. When you actually imagine. do that, now we're talking about the greyhound industry, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> First thing I said, I said, can we talk about that? And she said, don't get me started, don't get me started. Greyhound racing is a controversial subject with a lot of opposition. Ireland is one of only eight countries left in the world that still allow it. An RTE investigates programme called Greyhounds Running for Their Lives featured extracts from a 2017 report which revealed that around 6,000 greyhounds are killed every year. The reasons being failure to produce qualifying times, failure to produce desired entry-level times, and an unacceptable decline in performance. Dogs are exported to the UK as well, but at less than 50% of the cost of production. So Irish taxpayers are subsidising the low-cost selling of greyhounds to the UK. Subsidising to the tune of 17.6 million, which is what the industry was awarded in 2022. Green Party TD Malcolm Noonan said the state should divert some of this money to animal welfare groups, and I would heartily agree. Animal welfare groups, and we're talking about all of them, dogs, cats, horses, donkeys, and all wildlife rescue, they got a total of 3.7 million in 2022, while the greyhound industry got 17.6 million. That's almost five times as much money going to an industry that kills animals as to those groups that are trying to help them. And that's taxpayer money, by the way. That's your money. Anyway, let's get back to Geraldine and Mary and talk about what it takes to get an animal ready for rehoming. That's surrendering a dog for us. We are a charity, so we look for a donation of 50 euros. Yeah. Or we'd be delighted with more. That's very reasonable, mm. isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Because to get a dog ready, we said the greyhounds that come in now, as I say, they would have injuries. They always have bad teeth. They have to have a dental done. They have to be fully vaccinated. If they're not, sometimes they are. They're usually microchipped. We have to use them. We have to give them a rabies shot. Did any injuries they have have to be done? A lot of so their teeth doing the teeth. It costs thing. us a lot to get them ready. So yeah. 50 euros goes no place in it, but it's yeah. for the dog. And do you have kind of a couple of vets that you use all the time here? Or I presume you do. Our nearest vet is uh, Kilmallock. It's very good. Mm. And we use some vets in Limerick because it's near for people to drop off right. dogs and things like oh, that. Yeah. And then we would use Sunbeam in Cork for specialities that would be orthopedic okay. yeah. operations and things like that. And we use Tip a bit as well. We use a vet in yeah. hospital. For the cats, not in the cats, yeah. And I suppose you're amateur nurses then as well, kind of, do you do like injections and you know, mm, yes, stuff? Yeah, they would teach you how to do it because there's no point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, second vaccine. Uh, you learn a lot when you volunteer, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you sure do. You pick it up quick. And you'd be very, when you're interested, in it, I'd be hungry for information how to do anything with a dog. So, did you? get involved with this while you were still working mm. or I wanted to do charity work and I was going to do I was doing night runs with sandwiches for the homeless 
And you're supposed to. Any. <laughs> I didn't see you tonight, so it's out. <laughs> you're supposed to have two people for safety. And you go to a centre and you get your sandwiches and they tell you where to go to such and such streets and all that. But more often than not, the second person didn't turn up. So I left that. So did I saw an ad, I think, on some paper. Limited kind of welfare looking for volunteers. I never thought, I knew I loved animals, but I never thought about it. I didn't know they existed, actually. Because they weren't set up around mm. in that time. Just a crowd of women. And I rang and I spoke to Marion, who was our chairperson. And she told me all about it. And she'd come to our next meeting. Little and I knew George. straight away they meant business. So Marion was a chairperson. Marion Fitzgibbon is the chairperson, founder. Wonderful person. And the lady I met, at Marie. Marie. Oh, kind just the manager here. She said in the beginning when I came in and stuff, and she said, well, do you want to talk to some of our chair people who are here? And I go, oh, that's what they sound very intimidating. I was like, no. <laughs> I said, well, and I was like, oh, but well, maybe later, maybe later. And then your one comes walking up the road going, how's it going? What's going on there? I did. I said, she's going to bring me into an office. And I feel like, can I just walk around and see the dogs? Yeah. And who was the, there was a girl, she was everywhere. Do you remember? Lisa, assistant manager. Absolutely yeah. super with the animals. She was so funny. Every room we went into, yeah. she was there. And I was like, how many of this girl are there? She cloned her. Cloned, I wish yeah. she could. She yeah. Some of them, yeah. And she's very good with, you know, nervous animals. As a charity, Limerick Animal Welfare often get called if members of the public see an animal being abused. But as they explained, they have very limited powers in this area. And a lot of people, if they see something going on in town, say of a horse or a dog or ill-treated or they're beating a horse or beating whatever, they're ringing, why can't animal welfare go? You can't actually physically You've go. No because we're a charity, yeah. we've no authority. We cannot, we cannot go into a house and take it out no matter what the circumstances yeah. are. If they surrender the end, we're abandoned, neglected and surrendered. Right. Is what we can take. Yeah. If it's abandoned or neglected and it's out in the open on the street, something like that, we can pick it up and bring it. But we can't go into a house and take something. Um, I, I mean, I kind of learned that from working with different shelters. Like, uh, people do think yeah, you just pick up a dog, mm. you know, and then, no. and then you have to, <clears throat> no, like, you not. get checked as well mm. to make sure you're yeah. taken mm. care. We are inspected by the yeah. dog pound as well. Right. Dog wardens, they come out to us once a year or so, and inspect with us. You have to, yeah. you have to have insurance, yeah. of course. You have to, kind of, especially if people are coming. Mm, that's a very big, it's a very big cost anyway. Yeah. Big cost for the premises, for if you're public... Thing, public liability staff mm. volunteers all of that that's yeah. all to be insured so that's a big um, mm. vet bills is the other thing you need to think of if you're doing anything like this you know you don't think about it you know they'll all be lovely fluffy dogs yeah. and nothing wrong with them yeah. and then you realise yeah. the majority from the problem we've accident cases as well mm. and what because vet bills are scanned so high mm. we find we have a lot of people ringing us I can't afford a vet bill yeah. or people yeah. that went to nursing homes and they die the poor dogs yeah. we them our hearts go out to the poor dogs and they come in but they do get lovely homes yeah. you know we're very yeah. particular about our homes of course mm. sometimes people would say we're probably too particular we do. but we look for an enclosed <laughs> garden yeah. and some people say oh I can't enclose a garden but the dog is a stray more than likely the dog the first thing the dog is going to do is run no yeah. matter how good the home is mm. 
until the dog settles, he'll run once yeah. he gets out I mean, of an enclosed yeah. car. And the other thing, they have to live thing, inside. They have to, inside. And they have to be part of the family. Member of the family. Oh, yeah. is that outside? A regulation. Yeah, and we won't agree with collars or fences. As a woman said to me years ago, it'd be easier to adopt a child than get a dog off the <laughs> but this is what we yeah. dedicate our time to and it'll break our heart if we think a dog goes into a wrong home to think that we mm. did that to that dog it's our responsibility like we set them up correctly yeah. so you have to give it a home life. that you'd be happy with your own yeah. dog yeah. going into exactly yeah. Yeah. and it's not as you know sometimes you go do a home check someone might say to me oh my house is an officer I said I don't care what your house is like I need a little dog and I think actually untidy houses make better homes for dogs because they're not as fussy Lunch was nearly over, and I knew the women had to get back to work, although I did stay a bit longer to take a lovely dog, Lola, out for a walk. Despite so much activity going on everywhere, Limerick Animal Welfare is a very peaceful place to visit. Dogs are barking, cats are meowing, but all the staff are very calm and friendly. They obviously take great pride in the place because everywhere we went was so clean and tidy and organised. It's a joy to visit and I would encourage anyone who wants an interesting day out to do so. You'll certainly be made welcome. I'd really like to thank Geraldine Gunning and Mary Tuohy for being so generous with their time and all the others who made cameo appearances. Limerick Animal Welfare and places like it provide an obvious service to animals but I think they provide a service to the public as well. Numerous studies show interaction with animals is healthy and life-enhancing. For many people, keeping a companion animal is impossible due to various circumstances. But here, people can come and hang out with animals in a friendly and welcoming environment. I really think places like these should be funded for the mental health services they provide. My thanks again to everyone for a great day, and I know I'll be going back. Thanks for listening. That's it for now. See you next time.